Welcome to another episode of Bible Conversations. Today, we're going to be talking about God is love. All right. Well, Dylan, I'm excited about this one. You know, there's there's a few topics that I'd love talking about. Uh, one of them, love. one of them is love, right? Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I just, I don't know. It's it's such a such an integral part, uh, integral part of who we are as Christians. Yeah. If if we don't love, I mean, and we'll we'll get to it in a little bit, right? But the idea from First Corinthians, right? We are a noisy gong or clanging cymbals, right? Yeah. Like we're we're useless. We are absolutely useless if we don't have love. Uh, but what I want to do is before we even really start the conversation to kick it off, I want us to open up the word. I want us to read through uh, about five verses here. And this is from the book of first John. It's in chapter four. And uh, it, it's just, man, it's powerful. All right. First John chapter four, starting in verse seven, beloved, let us love one another for love is from God and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. Well, that's really simple right there. I mean, we could case closed into discussion. Yes, we could, but we're going to keep going. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, and if we love one another, God abides in us, and his love is perfected in us. There's a lot to unpack there, honestly. When, when we there read is. through it, it's, it can be so simple. God is love. Yeah. God sent his son. That's that's why he sent his son, because he loves us. Um, but honestly, the, the parts that I really like to unpack there is is verse 10 um in this is love not that we have loved god it's not that you know we our love was so compelling to god that he was like okay i'm going to return that and send my son yeah. he he sent christ because he loved us with no return yeah and that's the that's the powerful part to me yeah well and you know it's this, this idea of unconditional love right he didn't send his son because we had met condition A, B, and C, right? He sent his son knowing that we have not even gotten close to meeting condition A, right? Like we are so far away from his love, from earning his love that it's kind of a joke, right? Like yeah. we we talk about the the parable of um, the unforgiving servant, right? And how the, the king forgave him just millions of dollars worth of more than you, know, you can even imagine. I think it was like 200,000 years of labor yeah. is, is what it amounted to. And this guy is forgiven of this. And he goes out and finds another servant who owed him like either a year or a couple of months worth of wages. And well, like he chokes, five bucks even. Yeah. Like <laughs> the, the, the equivalency of that. Right. Yeah. And he goes and he chokes him and puts him in prison. And man, God has forgiven us and loved us so much. It's, it's unreal. Like it really is difficult for me. And, and and I've talked about this a lot, right? I have studied this a lot. I have thought about this a lot and I still cannot adequately wrap my mind around just how much God loves me. Yeah. Uh, it's, it really is unfathomable in a lot of ways. I, I like to refer to it as, um, I mean, you, you call it unconditional love and that's, mm -hmm. that's the term that, that we're often familiar with. Yeah. Um, I like to call it regardless of circumstance. 
Mm-hmm. And um, I always use this phrase when talking about joy, that the joy we have as Christians is regardless of the circumstances of life, we yeah. can have joy in Christ. Um, the, the same can be said about love, that God loves loves us regardless of circumstance, regardless of whether we return that love, regardless of whether we obey him, regardless of, of anything, God still loves us. Yeah. Um, and he calls us to do the same. Um, it says there at the end of verse 12, if we w- love one another, God abides in us in verse 11. We ought, we also ought to love one another. Um, in the same way that, that God loved us. And just as Jesus told his disciples, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. That's at the end of John chapter 13. Um, he says, as I have loved you. Um, in other words, God, Christ, the Holy Spirit, that that Trinity yeah. has loved us unconditionally, regardless mm-hmm. of circumstance. And we should be doing the same thing. We yes. should be able to love one another. We should be able to, to love God first and foremost. That's the yeah. first and greatest commandment. Yeah. Um, regardless of circumstances. Yes. Well, and I mean, you, you look, so you had mentioned, right, that we are to love others too, right? So we should love God for sure because, I mean, one, he created us, right? Yeah. Like he formed us in our mother's wombs, right? He created us the inward parts of who we are. Two, we know he loves us because he sent his son. Like we, we have verifiable proof of that, mm-hmm. right? Like this isn't just a, a fairy tale that that some people think it might be, right? No, this is like this is a reality, right? I mean, there are famous historians have written about the Christ, about Jesus as a man. Yeah. We know that he lived. He is very real. There, there's proof outside of scripture. And, yes. And scripture should be enough. Scripture should be, but, but there's it's, proof it's often outside not. of scripture. Folks who didn't even believe that Jesus was the son of God, but lived at the same time he did. Roman historians that recorded, yeah, there was this man named Christ. He was hung on a cross. He had a lot of followers. And after he died, they claimed that he rose again. And then their lives were transformed. These yeah. are historians looking from the outside in. Claiming exactly what the scriptures say. Exactly. I, <laughs> talking about the start of Christianity. I'm like, yeah, I read that in the book of Acts. Yeah. And Josephus was one of those historians, one mm-hmm. of the probably the most famous historians that wrote about it. But, I, you know, we, again, we know that God sent Jesus. Yep. Right. And so if we know that God sent Jesus and the scriptures then tell us that God sent Jesus because he loved us. Yeah. Well, then it is 100% incumbent upon us to learn how to love. Yeah. Not just God, but also others, right? In verse eight, if anyone who does not love does not know God, right? So those people who claim to be Christians and then on Sundays after worship, they go and they're treating their waiters and waitresses bad, or they, they're rude and, and mean to their, uh, you know, their, their families or mm-hmm. their, their coworkers. And nobody sees them as a loving person, but they see them as that quote unquote religious person that goes to church. Well, you don't know God. Yeah. That's not someone who knows God. Let me give you an even more practical example. Um, The people who claim to know God, to love God, and yet will come to the defense of sin. That will will come to the defense and say, well, no, he he didn't mean that. I mean, we see things in the news all the time about people not loving one another. And there are so many Christians that will just stand up and say, that's – he's okay. He's not as bad as – yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's not as bad as this. He's not as bad as that. Yeah. Um, a lot of it stems from uh, whether it's political things, uh, even honestly, sometimes sports. Um, yeah. The, you know, how many times does a, a sport idol, um, an athlete, um, do something that is just 
blatantly wrong. Fall and, from grace. And, and and people will stand up and say, well, he didn't mean that. He's still a good guy. And, yeah. and the defense of sin is not love. Well, we're called to love the sinner but hate the sin. But yeah. too many times people are defending the sin intending to defend yeah. the person. Well, and, and so neither of us are parents. So we're, we're going to be speaking, I think, a little out of turn here. But <laughs> yeah. When it comes to raising a child, right? Like when I was growing up, my parents raising me, they they didn't quote unquote spare the rod, right? Like if I did nope. something wrong, they told me I did something wrong. They put me in timeout. They punished me for it. And I learned, hey, I probably shouldn't hit little Jimmy in the face. You got right? to switch like, to the rear end. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, when, when you talk about the idea of love, true love is not accepting people for what they are. It's encouraging to become what they can be, which means there's going to be change. There's going to be growth. There's going to be difficulties, right? There's going to be pain associated with that. Well, and, and we're talking about uh, Hebrews chapter 12 here. Yeah. Um, the Hebrew writer quotes from um, Proverbs chapter 3, verses 11 and 12. But in Hebrews chapter 12, um, he in his quote, he says, uh, My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves mm-hmm. and chastises every son whom he receives. Yeah. And so love is not all rainbows and butterflies. No. Love is correction mm-hmm. and love is devotion. Yeah. You know, and so I know there are going to be some people who are listening who, as we talk about the idea that, you know, God is love, right? Not just the idea, but the fact, right? And it's, yeah. I mean, it's in scripture. It's something that we ourselves have witnessed in our own lives. But there are going to be people who are wondering, well, how can you say that God is love when all of these, you know, all these bad things we're talking about happen, right? Like these these athletes that that go and just do these heinous crimes, or yeah. uh, you know, the the we've got we've got hospitals dedicated to children in that have cancer, right? Well, how can God allow these things to happen, and then you still claim He's a loving God? Yeah. Well, honestly, I want to recommend to people, go back and listen to the episode we recorded with Kirk Brothers. Uh, we went uh, into very detail with that. Well, I don't know how much we did as much as Brother we, Brothers did. We did a lot of listening and learning. <laughs> um, but Dr. Kirk Brothers, the president of HCU, he did an excellent job in um, helping us and hopefully everybody else that listens to that understand um, the the love of God and how it relates to humanity. And, and honestly, the, the way I like to sum it up is when you're talking about the bad things in this world and a loving God and how do those two things correlate? I'm like, you're talking about apples and oranges here. Yeah. I mean, the, the love of God has nothing to do with the sin in the world. He's not going to um, just keep us from sinning. That, that that would be turning us into robots. That's part of the nature of God and, and yeah. how he first showed his love through creation, yeah. um, which, you know, that's another episode we talked about a few weeks ago. God is creator. Yeah. But it also, it brings me back to, um, to what we read here in first John chapter four, um, verse 10 in this is love. Not that we have loved God. You see, we do so many things wrong mm-hmm. that show that, that we have a lapse in judgment. We have a lapse in our love. Um, and, it, that doesn't determine whether or not God loves us. Yeah. So th- well, and that's I, where I'm at. And I think the so the relationship that we have – thank you, by the way, for kind of summarizing 
uh, Dr. Brothers episode. That was impressive seeing as that episode was almost an hour long. Yeah. Um, but uh, I do want to encourage, as Dylan did, encourage you guys to go and listen to that. It is uh, – I know for both Dylan and I, it was, it was very – I guess I'm going to speak out of turn here by speaking on his behalf. But it was very encouraging and very, um, I guess, educational in, in some well, ways for us. Well, we both sat at the feet of Dr. Brothers as yeah. he's taught um, myself at – uh, Freed Hardman and myself and, at Heritage right now. So. Yes. And so um, we'll, we have that connection. But yeah. honestly, even if you don't know Dr. Brothers, you want to get to know him. You want to hear his the way that he's able to to teach the scriptures is powerful and, and really helps understand. Yes, very much so. So as we kind of move from there, you know, the, the idea that God is love, right, is is so integral to to everything that we do in our lives and our love and our relationship with God is also integral. Yeah. And the way that the scriptures kind of reference it and relate it is as between a husband and wife, Yeah, right? There is a specific and direct correlation that, you know, the, the, the love that a husband has with his wife and the love that a wife has with her husband should emulate Christ in the church, Christ in the church. Yeah. Right. And, and therefore God in us. Right. So, yeah. You know, we're both newly married, yep. just over a year. And man, I, I know obviously my wife is is pretty much infallible when it comes to doing things. She doesn't do anything wrong, but I do, right? Like I will say something and immediately realize, oh, that hurt her feelings. And I didn't mean it to. I did not mean it that way. And yep. I'll have to go back and, you know, apologize and try and explain. Sometimes that makes it worse, right? <laughs> um, but you know, and then it, it's just one of those things that as we grow, we learn how better to love our wives, right? Like we were both basically in quarantine our entire first year marriage. Yeah. It reminds me of that song, um, that old country song, I Thought I Loved You Then. (laughs) Yes. It's just a great song. And and just as people grow in in their love with one another, the more time they spend together, so will we grow in our love for God the more time we spend with Him. But the amazing thing is that God loved us. He knew us while we were still in our mother's womb. Yep. There's no growth period. For God and his love. No. For us, we, we come to know God, come to understand who he is and, and his will for us. And, and so later on in life, sometimes in our teens, 20s, um, for some folks, even later on in our life. But the, the more that we come to know God, grow closer to him, the deeper yeah. we're going to grow in our love. And and it reminds me even of a conversation we had with Kevin Lankford yeah. <laughs> last year when we were talking about, uh, why are you a Christian? And his answer is just it, it amazes me the more and more I think about it yeah. um, because his answer was so simple. He said, I genuinely love God. Yeah. And that's why I'm a Christian because I genuinely love God as mm-hmm. uh, more so than he loves himself, more yeah. so than he loves his wife or anything else. That that love for God grows. And, and the more that you grow closer to God, the more you spend time in his word, the more you t- spend time in his in prayer, then that love is going to grow as well. Yeah. Well, and, and that all relates back to, you know, like we, we had spent the first basically year of our marriage in quarantine Yeah. and we were forced to spend, for me, it was amazing, right? But we were forced to spend a lot of time with our wife. I got absolutely zero work done whenever my wife was at home <laughs> and I was at home because she'd keep coming in and, and talking like, Hey, did you see this video? Hey, did you, you know, see what I'm working on yeah. here? Like and I'm like, just... sweetheart, you either need to go to your parents or Walmart Hobby Lobby, <laughs> even go, go spend some money. I just need to get work done. <laughs> yeah. Well, and so, you know, we, we spent, we spent so much time and I feel like we expedited 
maybe like two years of marriage within one, yeah. right? We got to know our wives and we got to yeah. understand better who they are and, and how to love them. And and part of that, right, like you're saying, the more time we spend with God in prayer and thought and reading his word and listening to him, right, the more we're going to understand what it is that he wants from us, yeah. right? Just as the more time we spend with our wives, the more time we understand what she wants from us. Well, that's like that's a big deal because if we don't spend time with our wife, we don't understand what she wants. Yes. If we don't spend time with God, we're not going to understand what he wants. Yeah. And now, I want to take us real quick to John 3.16. Yeah, Because um, in this discussion, talking about um, God loves us and we need to to return that, spend spend time with him, if you will, yeah. in order to grow in that love. Um, I want to make sure that we point out this message is for the entire world. This message yep. is not just for Christians. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's John 3, 16. For God, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. That's the entire world. That's yep. That's everybody. It, it didn't just say God loved the nation of Israel. God loved Americans. God loved those who are currently Christians. Yeah, I don't think the scriptures have ever said God loved Americans. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. <laughs> but God so loved the world. Yeah. So what we're saying here in our in this discussion about how we need to be in the word, in prayer, meditating on the word, spending time with God to grow in our love for God, that's a message to the entire world yeah. that everybody should be doing that. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I feel like we are kind of at a point now in this conversation where we need to really look at what love is, mm-hmm. what the scriptures define as love, because God has given us his only son, right? It is available to everybody that has ever lived. If you have breathed, you have access to the love of God. But if we go back to or forward, I guess, now. In John three sixteen, if we go forward to First Corinthians thirteen, right this this famous passage on love, and really this passage, this section here is is sandwiched in between uh, gifts of the spirit, right? Yeah. So chapter fourteen is prophecy and tongues. Chapter twelve is about spiritual gifts, and then thirteen is about love. And, and what's it's so important to read this whole thing in context? Yes, and it's, so it's that twelve through fourteen, right? But if if you look at twelve thirty one, chapter twelve verse thirty one. Paul here says, but earnestly desire the higher gifts, and I will show you a still more excellent way. So all of these spiritual gifts, right, prophesying, speaking in tongues, being able to cast out demons, whatever the spiritual gift is that they had at this time, Paul is saying, man, that's great, but earnestly desire the higher gifts. Yeah. And then he goes on and he says, and I think it's, it's important that we read all this here. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Right? So that's the the intro to this idea of love, right? And it's, it is essentially that if you have love, you're pretty much worthless. Like you're, what are you, what are you doing if you don't have love? Right. Yeah. Then he goes on to explain what love is. And and this is where I want to encourage you as, as a listener, put your name. Every time I say the word love, put your name here and see if it fits, see if it works. Love is patient and kind. 
Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. Well, the perfect is the Bible. The partial are the prophecies, the tongues, the all of those spiritual gifts that he's talking about in 12 and 14. That's what's going to pass away when the perfect comes. And we have the perfect now. Verse 11, when I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. Again, God fully knows us. And once we have the scriptures, we're fully going to know and be able to know him. Now faith, hope, and love abide. These three. But the greatest of these is love. Yeah. Uh, it makes so much more sense when we understand the first and second greatest commands Christ gives mm-hmm. to love God and to love others. Yep. And this is how we do that. Yep. When, in our love for God, we should be patient. Not all the time are we going to pray for something and poof, boom, it happens right away. Yep. Uh, if we if we really do love God, we're going to be patient. Those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. Isaiah forty thirty one. Um, if we love God, we're not going to to boast. We're not going to be envious and say, "Oh, that person's worshiping that at that church. They're worshiping that God. That's kind of cool." No, knock that attitude off. Yeah. Um, if we love God, we're not going to be arrogant or rude. Um, how many times are we rude on our prayers? Have you ever thought about that? We're supposed to be love, loving back to God. That's the first commandment. Love the Lord your God. Yeah. But love is not rude. Man, sometimes we can be rude in our prayers. Mm-hmm. And that's that's honest. That's real talk right there. Yeah. Um, if, if we're not patient, we're not loving, we're rude. Um, it does not insist on its own way. You know, if the Lord wills that's the that's the mentality we should have and if we aren't living by if the lord wills we're insisting on our own way we're not loving towards god and we could walk through this part by part here but it's it's so incredible we we use this verse to talk about the love that we have for one another you know this is how we should treat one another this is how we should work together but it goes the same way with god yes all of these characteristics of love this is how we interact with God. Yeah. Now, I always really, really love it when Paul is sarcastic in his writing because um, sometimes it comes through, sometimes it doesn't, but um, it comes through here at the beginning of 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Um, in the very first verse, you can see a lot of sarcasm coming yeah. from Paul because he says, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, which by the way, there are no tongues of angels. There, You can't, the, the gift of tongues was specifically given so that the gospel could be preached without having to learn another language. We see that on the day of Pentecost, that yeah. every man from around the world heard the gospel in his native tongue as the apostles were speaking. Yeah. Not that they learned every language from around the world, but that the God opened their ears, that God used this this gift of tongues so that all men could hear 
the the good news. What's the point of anyone speaking in a language of angels? Yeah. There is no point. That's nope. not what the gift of tongues means. Mm-hmm. And so it's so funny because Paul is being sarcastic. He says, even if I speak in, in the tongues of men and of angels, it's like he's saying, even if I have this gift that doesn't even exist, that's greater than every single other gift, but I don't have love, I'm worthless. Yep. And so that's like, that'd be like saying, if you hit more home runs in your career than Hank Aaron, but you didn't hit a single, hit one single you're worthless. You know, it's like something that, that can't even happen. Nobody's going to hit more home runs than Hank Aaron. But, but Paul is just giving this this sarcastic tone of you could be the best, greatest Christian, better than anyone else, have more gifts than anyone else, be the best public speaker, be the best encourager, be the best Bible class teacher. Yeah. But if you don't have love, you're worthless. Mm-hmm. And so it, it it's so cool because it turns from a, a sarcastic tone to a very pointed, you've got nothing if you don't have love. Yeah. Well, and so I, I've been kind of looking for a – I had written something up a while ago about the relationship between what we find in 1 Corinthians 13 as well as Galatians chapter 5. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you've got here the the fruits of the Spirit, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faith, and this gentleness and self-control. Well, love is obviously – was one of the fruits in of the there. spirit mentioned yeah. in love, right? Well, joy, right? Love, joy is mentioned in there. Does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth, right? Mm-hmm. Peace is mentioned in how we uh, we're not irritable, right? We're not resentful. Yep. Uh, it bears all things, right? Yeah. Uh, kindness, right? Well, love is kind. Well, patience, right? patience, are right, right there. Next to right each there. Other. Uh, so you've got love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, all covered, right? Well, then goodness, right? Does not envy, boast, not arrogant, or rude. It is not. It does not insist on its own way. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing. Right. So you're doing good. Right. Goodness. Well, then you've got. Uh, I've got to say it again in my mind. But love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Right. So the idea of being faithful is found all throughout here. Right. Throughout the entire thing, it bears all things. It believes all things. It hopes all things. It endures all things. Right. Uh, gentleness. Right. Well, it's again. It's not arrogant. It's not rude. Right. It, it doesn't boast. It doesn't envy. It's not. Uh, resentful and, right? and that irritable or resentful that's self-control yes yeah so i mean you you see the fruits of the spirit are found in love yep. and and i think that's something that that's so powerful as we as we talk to anybody right about how we are supposed to act and behave we're supposed to be patient yes and that's part of being loving right we're supposed to be kind yeah and that's part of being loving right all of the things that we are supposed to be all of the fruits of the spirit that we are supposed to have all relate back to yeah, it, it's really cool. Um, I was studying with the college group this past Monday night here at Keller, and we're going through the book of Hebrews right now. Um, mm-hmm. Hebrews does a lot, a lot of comparison between the old law and the new law, the old covenant, the new covenant, um, and the, the Old Testament, and the new, the, the law of Moses, the law of Christ. And um, it's so cool when it's being compared and contrasted. It's, it's so clear when you read through the book of Hebrews that the point is, the, the covenant that Jesus brings is greater. It's better because it's simple. It's yeah. You don't have a high priest. You don't have a tabernacle. You don't have the blood of, of bulls and goats and sacrifices that you have to make every single year. Yeah, You have Christ. And there's a reason that Jesus said the greatest command is to love God. Mm-hmm. Because that summarizes everything. It's not anymore just 613 laws that we have to follow that the Israelites had to follow for, for thousands of years. Yeah. Instead, it's... 
it's more of a, a mindset. I, re- yes. I really want to say it, it's it's wrapping your mind around this idea of love. Yeah, and that's why Jesus says, "Love God." Yeah, that, that's the that's the only thing that matters. Because if you do love God, if you understand that concept, you're going to be patient and kind, and not envy or boasting, not arrogant or rude. Yeah. If you are able to understand what love is. Yes. And, and so that's where it really goes back to the more time we spend with God, the more we grow in that love, not only for him, but also for one another. Well, and, and part of the way we show love for God is through loving one another. Exactly. Right. That That's a huge part of it. And so, you know, when you look again, back again, back, and I think kind of to, to bring this to a close here, right. But the, the first two command, the first, the first and second greatest command that Jesus gives, right. Yeah. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and all your strength. And the second is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. Well, that right there, again, kind of sums up everything that we are supposed to do. And we love God by loving our neighbors. And we show that love to our neighbors by being patient and kind and not being arrogant, not being rude, right? And through through so many different ways. Um, But we also show that love by not accepting who they are but helping them to become who God wants them to be. Exactly. Um, so there's one of my favorite quotes. Sorry, I'll, I'll let you're you wrap good. up here in no, a minute. But one of my favorite quotes is actually from Reed Swindle. Um, he's a, a pulpit minister down in, somewhere in Mississippi. I don't remember <laughs> the city. Um, but he came and spoke it at T3, the Teach the Truth um, Commission here mm-hmm. at Louisville um, in February. A huge event for, for the teens. Uh, teen Youth groups come from all over. But last year, I believe it was the beginning of 2020, before COVID hit and everything, he was the keynote speaker for that event. And he was emphasizing over and over, love does not equal tolerance. Those are not the same thing. The world will tell you that it does. But the Bible, God, he tells you that it doesn't. If you you love someone, you're not going to tolerate sin. Yeah. But you're also not going to be a noisy gong and a, and a loud clanging cymbal. Yeah. Um, th- th- there is a balance there. There is. You know, telling somebody if they're doing something wrong, nobody ever wants to hear that, right? So it's all a matter of how you do it. Uh, preaching unapologetically yet compassionately. Yes. And that's that's the hardest balance to, to strike for anybody. Yeah. Well, anytime we hear the, the, the gospel being preached in truth, it's yeah. followed with something else. Yeah. Right. Truth in love, truth in, love. in kindness, truth in something. Right. Yeah. And so, uh, we grace we, and truth. Yes. We have to be truthful, but man, we've, we've got to, we've got to go about it the right way. And it's often, very often, not what you say, but how you say it, uh, that, that really matters. And so as you go out this week, uh, listeners as, as well as Dylan and myself as we go out this week and into the world, uh, the end of the week, starting a new one. I hope that we can be loving in our thoughts first and foremost, because that's what's going to determine the rest of what happens, but then on our actions and our words and our deeds and, and everything that we do, we need to be loving. And I hope that this episode, that this discussion has helped you to see how to do that, um, to understand more. If you do have any questions, please, we, we encourage you to uh, email us and, and let us know. We are so grateful for, for all that you guys have done. And, and we do have a goal uh, that we are trying to reach. And that is to be in the top 2% of all podcasts here 
really by the end of the month. And that's uh, it's so close. We yes. really want to encourage y'all. If y'all have enjoyed this episode and enjoyed past episodes, go back and listen to the ones you missed on your way mm-hmm. to work, on your way home from work. If you got a road trip coming up this month, mm-hmm. um, share your favorite one with with your friends. Yeah, we've we're so grateful for how we've come this far already. Yes, but. It'd be so awesome to hit that top 2% by the yeah. end of this month. So. We uh, we might be a little ambitious, but we would love y'all's help with this. Yep. And, uh, you know, it, it's it's one thing to kind of be okay with where we're at, but we, we always want to grow. Oh, yeah. Right? Whether it's in our faith or whether it's in the podcast or whether it's whatever the case may be, we're, we, we want to grow. And so we're we're asking for your help. And uh, we, again, we love you so much. We, we mean that with everything that we've talked about throughout this entire podcast. We love you. And we um, we hope that, that life is treating you well and that all is going well with you. But uh, if you could share an episode or two and just let us, uh, I guess, let us be heard by not just yourself, but your friends as well, we would greatly appreciate it. If you could listen the next couple couple seconds as to how you can reach us. Thank you so much for listening to the Bible Conversations podcast. I want to tell you about a couple of ways in which you can be involved or help us out. You can like us on Facebook and share our posts. You can send us an email at kcocbibleconversations at gmail.com. You can follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You can even leave a review on Apple Podcasts. We're also partnering with Ministry League. This is a wonderful app full of so many different resources to help you grow your faith. We love you all. Now let's go start a conversation.